0: what is going on everybody welcome back here today to episode 24 now of the just fallen podcast my name is matthew guys and we are continuing our nba positional player rankings we are now on power forward today the last three episodes of the podcast have been point guard shooting guard and small forward and now we are doing the forgotten position in the NBA teams are just kind of the weakest position but when you look at this there's a lot of good power forwards in the NBA that are at least listed as power forwards so obviously this will be the fourth installment of the player rankings the next one will be the centers and then we'll get to the top 30 player rankings in the NBA and that will definitely be a fun one so yeah I do have 30 power forwards today in five tiers tier one does have two players tier two has two players tier three has eight players tier four has 8 players, and then Tier 5 has 10 players. So yeah, if you guys are enjoying these, I really appreciate the support if you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or YouTube. And I think these are definitely fun to do weekly to kind of get us over the hump with no basketball, because we at least have next week, we'll have the center rankings, then the player rankings after that, and then we'll get into some probably new ideas if basketball isn't back then, and it's definitely not going to be back in two weeks. So we'll, we'll figure that out. So yeah, today we are ranking our top 30 power forwards. Now I kind of did this based off what basketball reference has, what I believe what position they play and what ESPN slash NBA.com has. So yeah, guys that were, if, I didn't mention them in the power forwards, they're probably in the small forward video, and if they're a little bit on the taller end or more towards the center side, they'll be in the center video. So yeah, I do have 30 small uh, power forwards today. This might have been the toughest one for me once I got to the end. Tier 5, man, it was hard because I have like 10 honorable mentions that I'm like, you can kind of have a debate or just good reasoning for having them as a top 30 power forward. So like always, if they're in the same tier, they are interchangeable. If they are in different tiers but kind of one spot behind each other then it's okay so yeah we're gonna go into this um this was really tough and i don't even know if i feel comfortable about my own list because there's just players that we'll get to that were just felt like they were just so hard to rank either they were hurt they didn't play a little bit or they've just been inconsistent in their career so number one was very easy and i decided to put him i was gonna put him in his own tier but i thought the player behind him isn't too far behind him to put him in a different tier so tier one number one overall power forward is Giannis Antetokounmpo. This one was fairly easy. He's arguably the best player in the NBA. He's going to be a two-time MVP award winner if they do give out awards this year, which they definitely should, and he will definitely be the MVP this year. He's probably had a better season this year than last year. He's a top- three defensive player in the league and he arguably should have been defensive player of the year last year and maybe this year as well he's the best regular season player in the nba he's been the best player in the nba for the last two seasons playoffs different story yes he hasn't gone to the finals yet uh, but he did go to the eastern conference finals last year and was two games away from going to the finals and this year it was looking like the bucks were the team to beat in the eastern conference and Giannis is just an incredible player both ends on both ends so it's really just like Not much to talk about, you guys know what Giannis is, so I'm not going to go into it too much. And the player that I also put in the same tier as him, I did classify him as a power forward, and that is Anthony Davis. So Anthony Davis, I thought, is another top 10 player in the NBA, so I thought it wouldn't be too fair to maybe bump him into his own tier. Because I would have had him in tier 2 by himself and then bumped everybody else down a tier. But I decided to put him in the same tier as Giannis. He's definitely not as good as Giannis, but he's still an elite NBA player. He's still a top 10 player in the NBA. He's a super max player. He can probably be the best player on a championship team. Eh, Maybe that's a debate because we really didn't see that at all in um, New Orleans. But he's a great NBA player on both ends. He might be the defensive player of the year this year. He's a great shot blocker. He's a really good post scorer. He's a great post defender. He's a really good pick and roll man. He's phenomenal. He has a pretty solid mid-range for his height and his three-point shooting isn't that bad. So so my tier one, number one is Giannis Antetokounmpo and number two is Anthony Davis. So now we're moving on to my tier two, which I have two players in. So number three, the first player in tier two is Pascal Siakam. Pascal Siakam might win most improved player for the second year in a row. I don't think he will, but honestly, he should be in the conversation from what he has been two years ago, when he probably wasn't even a top 50 power forward in the NBA, he is now the third best power forward in my eyes. As he is 25 years old, he's coming off a 23 and a half point season where he did shoot 36 from three. He's an incredible defender. He's good in transition for his height. Uh, he's. Literally a perfect stretch four at 6'9". He can obviously shoot, defend, score, play, make, pass. He averages about three and a half assists a night. And he's just kind of what you want in a power forward. And he's still getting better at age 25. It would be amazing if he was maybe two years younger. But he was a little bit older coming out of New Mexico State. So he, he does come in at number three. And I think that's perfectly fine. I don't think you can really have him any any higher. Uh, obviously, he's not better than Giannis or AD. Any lower I don't think I would have anybody lower above him, so I think three is a perfect spot for him. All right, so moving over to number four here, this player did not play at all last year, and that is Kristaps Porzingis. So I wanted to, I was debating should I put him at power forward or center, but he's been playing mostly power forward for the Mavericks this year, so I decided to put him or classify him as a power forward. And the reason I have him in tier two is he he did struggle to start the year. That is no lie, but in the second half of this year. He was really good. He's a really good rim protector. Um, he's a really good three point shooter. He's a really good scorer. And over the last 20 games this season, he did average 22 points, 10 rebounds, and shot 36 from three, 83 from the line. So I think it definitely took him some getting used to up until like kind of mid to late December. And then he turned it on come January, February, in the beginning of March, where he decided to play a lot better or he just kind of got more of the feel. He got kind of the rust out of the way and got more back to what he was a couple years ago and this might be a little premature to already have him at number four but I just really value his elite shot blocking and his just elite rim protecting defense and I think he's a very versatile offensive player and I think maybe that benefits a little bit from playing in the Rick Carlisle system where they know he's a bad post-up player because maybe in some other systems he would be maybe taking more post-ups and his efficiency would be even worse but I think Kristaps is a top four power forward. I have him at number four That might be the biggest debate. If you would have him this high, you might lower him a little bit. Uh, But I have him at number four, wrapping out tier two. But I also thought about, and honestly, I could lean towards maybe putting Kristaps number one in tier three and having Pascal Siakam alone in tier two. That could definitely be something. So let's move on to tier three here where I have eight players. Now, my number 12 player could be your number 5 player, and I'd be perfectly okay with that. I think everybody in this tier is great in their own right, and they all do little things very well. So, number 5 was an all-star this year, and that is the Matsu Sabonis. So... For the last couple of years, people thought that Miles Turner was the premier big man piece in that Pacers system or that Pacers team over the counterpartner players. So it was over, it was always Turner over Sabonis. If they should trade anyone, it could be Sabonis. Now it might be a little bit different. I still think I could value Turner's spacing, shot blocking, and versatility over DeMantis opponent's kind of traditional power forward play where it's rebounding, staying inside, really can't do much outside mid-range because he did shoot 25% from three this year. He did take a attempt tonight, but it wasn't pretty, but he did average 18 points and 12 rebounds. Obviously, his points per game wouldn't be as high if Victor Oladipo was on the floor, Malcolm Brogdon missed some time, Miles Turner missed some time, Jeremy Lamb got hurt. Pacers had a lot of injuries this year, but Sabonis definitely stepped up. He's still only 23 years old. This was his fourth year in the NBA, and he's been pretty consistent, and he's been getting better for every year of his career. As a rookie, he averaged 5.9 points a night. Second year, he averaged 11.5. Third year, 14. And then this year, his fourth year, he averaged 18.5. Career high in rebounds, career high in assists, five assists a night. That is beautiful to see. I don't think he's that bad of a defender either. So I have him as my number five power forward. So right behind Sabonis is somebody that has been very good for a long time. And that is Paul Millsap. Now you might be like, Matt, Paul Millsap, really? Like there's definitely players that you're going to name after him. That's a lot better. And you might agree on that or you might think that. But I'm personally a fan of defense. And I'm a fan of somebody that's versatile on defense, can space the floor and can facilitate for his teammates. Now, Paul Millsap isn't the greatest passer in the world. He's been hovering around two to three assists his career. This is actually the lowest since his fourth year at 1.6 assists a night, but obviously he's playing with a lot more lead guards and Ingalls, Mitchell, and Conley. But 12 points, six rebounds, I might be like, well, okay, that's all right. He is shooting 44% from three on two and a half attempts a night, but his defense is still elite. This man has been playing elite defense for the last decade now, um, or just Close to elite defense and you know what? I wanted to give him some credit I wanted to give him some credit for just being a really good defender six might be a little bit too high and that might and you know what? I'm okay with if you want to put him at 11 in this tier. Um, I actually bumped a player out of this tier So it's actually uh, 5 to 11 now So it's seven players and Paul Millsap is gonna come out six now This player was the hardest to rank at seven and I already have him at number seven. He was a rookie this year Zion Williamson, so we saw about 19 games from the 19 year old this year and he averaged 24 points and seven rebounds in those games in per 36 minute numbers he averaged 20 and a half points and about eight rebounds two and a half assists he was phenomenal on the offensive end he was borderline unstoppable on the offensive end his defense Wasn't that good though? Now this might be a little premature to have Zion already at 7 You might have him maybe at 10 maybe lower than that Maybe you really can't even rank him yet because he hasn't played that much in the NBA and that is perfectly fine By me, I honestly thought about not even ranking him at all But I'm sure you guys wanted to hear where I would have Zion So I ended up coming up with the 7th spot He's going to continue to get better as long as he just gets in the shape And he's not going to have these nagging injuries in his career He's going to be a top 20 player throughout his NBA career. In those 19 games, he definitely played like a top 10 offensive player, top 15 offensive player. So we'll see if his defense will get better. He definitely played better with Derek Favors on the floor than Jackson Hayes. I'll tell you that. But you know, his three-point shooting, I don't think it's going to ever be that good in the NBA. I think he's going to be more of an inside threat, but hey... Look at Giannis. I'm not going to say he's going to be as good as Giannis, but look at Giannis who really didn't have a three-point shot up until like last year where he started really attempting them. I mean, he still isn't really that lethal from three. Teams will still leave him open. So I think Zion is still heading in the right direction. He's seven this year. He might be four next year. So uh, moving on to number eight is a player from the 2018 draft quest, and that is Jaron Jackson Jr. So the big knock on Jaron Jackson in his rookie year was his foul trouble. He averaged about 3.8 fouls a night. He fouled out a lot this year. Hasn't gotten better. It's 4.1 fouls a night, but he's definitely gotten better, I think, on both ends. You know, his defense was a little lackluster in the beginning of the year. It looked like, okay, maybe he's regressing a little bit from defense from last year, but... I think it's picked it up. He's averaging about 17 points, 5 rebounds this year. Shot 40% from 3. You have a power forward. Um, and I'm classifying him as a power forward, even though I think basketball reference does have him as a center. But, you know, Valanciunas is their center. He mainly plays a power forward. And you know what? Maybe in a team you would like to have him at your center position, but I just don't think he's a good enough rebounder. But he, he's just a guy that can space the floor. He shot 40% from 3 this year on 6.5 attempts tonight. And that is for someone that is is six foot eleven. That is incredible. Jaren Jackson Jr. is going to turn it into just one of the more versatile players in the NBA. I know I've said that word a lot today, but that's kind of what you want from your power forwards. Versatile. If they can be versatile on both ends, like a Jaren Jackson Jr., like a Pascal Siakam, like a Giannis Antetokounmpo, you're going to be in a really good position. So Jaren Jackson Jr. is number eight. Moving over to number nine is somebody that was having an all-defensive type season and then unfortunately got hurt. This was his third year in the NBA, and that was Jonathan Isaac. He did play 32 games this year before getting hurt. Now, Isaac was playing incredible. Incredible on the defensive side. He was looking like that he could maybe get some defensive player of the year votes He might have been on all defensive first team He had a career high in field goal attempts this year with about over 10 a night He did average 12.7 rebounds a steal and a half two and a half blocks this year He had shot 46 from the field 33 from three if he can maybe get into like that 34 35 percent three-point shooter taking about two to three a night He's going to be lethal from there. Uh, he's still like, he's so lengthy on offense and on defense. He can guard all five positions on defense. Maybe not as point guards, like as at least as he guards the th- wings and the, the fours, but he's just incredible on the defensive end. He's, he's just got so much length that he just gets in the passing lanes. He's fast. He's good in transition. He's a solid ball handler. He's going to come in as my number nine power forward. Now, number 10 is... A player of the utah jazz and that is bojan bodanovich so bojan Bogdanovich is about to turn 31 years old in three uh days but you know what coming over from the pacers this year he's having a career year he has been stepping up for the jazz this year because kind of mike conley hasn't been playing that good they've had their injuries or their fair share of injuries and he's averaging 20 points per game in a career high 15 field goal attempts a night he's shooting 41 percent from three on seven and a half attempts a night and he has a career high in usage at 26 percent He's not a world-beater defender, he's not. He's nothing crazy on the defensive side of the ball, but his offense has been consistent enough for the last three years where I'm going to have him as a top 10 power forward. He's going to come in at number 10 on my list. Moving over here to the last player in tier 3, number 11, is somebody I debated putting over Bojan, but I, you know I ended up putting him at 11 just because he's a little bit younger and he's not a good defender, but he's a really good offensive talent and that is John Collins. John Collins this year. If the season ended in 41 games, so half his season because he did get suspended, which I'm going to I'm going to drop him a little bit for that. That I am going to drop that in my rankings if he's not reliable to be on the floor. He had injuries a little bit this year, but he did end up playing 41 games and he averaged 22 points, 10 rebounds, and shot 40% in those games. He's a really really good offensive player. He's a good rebounder. He's good at scoring inside and like I said, he shot 40% from three on three and a half attempts a night. That's pretty good volume where you could be like, all right, maybe he's a good three-point shooter in the NBA. His defense, on the other hand, isn't as good. His footwork isn't great. He's a little bit weak inside on stronger bigs, and he's not as quick on that end as well. His defense definitely needs to improve if he wants to be like a top five power forward, a great player on both ends, but you know what, he's probably going to get that rookie max extension at of next year. So, uh, John Collins is going to come in at number 11, and that's going to wrap out tier three. So tier one, we had one Giannis Antetokounmpo, two Anthony Davis, tier two, we had number three, Pascal Siakam, four, Christoph Sporzingis, and tier three, I did have seven guys, five, DeMontis Sabonis, six, uh, Paul Millsap, seven, Zion Williamson, eight, Jared Jackson Jr., nine, Jonathan Isaac, 10, Bojan Bogdanovic, 11, John Collins. So let's get into tier four here, where I have eight guys, 12 to 19. So moving on to tier four now. So number 12 is Blake Griffin. Now, Blake griffin i didn't want to put him this low but it looks like his career is not heading in the right direction he was probably a top 10 player last year and a top three power forward eh? maybe behind ad and Giannis, but he was probably you know he was definitely better than pascal siakam last year definitely he averaged 24 and a half points he shot 46 percent from the field 36 from three on seven attempts tonight. but this year He only played 18 games, unfortunately. He didn't look great in them. He averaged 35% from the field, 24% from threes, coming off a major knee injury that there's no timetable yet for his return even. I mean, I'm sure he's just obviously not going to play this year. Maybe he'll play at the start of next year's season. Who knows when that will be, but... A knee injury for a 30-year-old that's had career injury pass, not great. Because in 2017-18, he did only play 58 games. 2015-16, he played 35. He'd even play his rookie year due to a knee injury. He's 30 years old. I don't think he's getting any better, unfortunately, so... I have him as low as 12. Moving on to is Jonathan Isaac's teammate that is going to come in here at 13. And he played more small forward this year, but I think he's mainly a power forward. And I think that's where his position is in the NBA. I think that's where he's best at. But unfortunately, the Magic do have two really good power forwards. So he starts at the three. And that is Aaron Gordon, who is coming off his career low in points per game um, in three years. He did shoot 43% from the field, his lowest um, in his career. And I mean, he started off the year really poor. He did. He did not shoot well whatsoever. His defense wasn't great. His scoring inside wasn't great. He's still a solid rebounder and a good passer and a good playmaker. And people compare him to Draymond Green that if he played in the right system where he can kind of be the lead ball handler, he can average close to maybe 13 points a night, nine rebounds, seven assists. And he's going to play really good defense for you as he's been for most of his career. I just think we need to see him as a true four. And I would really like to see a team trade for him in the off season. Maybe it's a team like Phoenix. Maybe it's a team like New York, or maybe it's a team that trades maybe Karis Levert, uh like the Nets for Aaron Gordon. That's been rumored a little bit, but we'll see. I have him at 13. Moving over to 14 is somebody that is going to be an unrestricted free agent this summer, and that is Matres Harold. Matres Harrell is coming off a career year after kind of breaking out a little bit last year. He did play solid in his first year as a Clipper, but he's averaged over 16 points per game in his last two seasons. He's a high motor guy. He's a good defender. He's pretty much unstoppable when he's scored or when he gets to shoot it inside, or it's just when he's inside in general. And this dude plays like he's seven foot tall and he's only 6'7. There are some shooting guards in the NBA that are 6'7 or some small forward. So this dude is playing some power forward he's also playing some center technically off the bench I have him in at a power forward because I think that's where he's best at just kind of who he guards on defense I don't think he's great at guarding centers but I think he is passable and serviceable at it but I have him at power forward you might have him as the center and that's what we can disagree on and he's going to come in at number 14 for me moving over to 15 is a former LA Clipper and that is Danilo Gallinari now Gallinari has been consistent for the last seven years basically he's 31 years uh, years old this year and he's playing just as good as he played last year for the clippers he's a stretch four he shot 41 percent from three this year on seven attempts a night like he shot 43 percent last year on five and a half attempts a night he's continuing to take more threes he's still a lethal offensive threat not great on the defensive end but he's going to score inside he can shoot the ball he can shoot off the dribble he can just play off the dribble in general and you can see like a lot of good teams like Portland, are, they're a solid team in Miami. They wanted to go out and get Gallinari uh, because he's still a really good NBA player. He's going to come in at 15. Moving over to 16 here is Kevin Love, who didn't really play much this year. He was hurt and he just really wasn't happy playing for John Beeline and just kind of the Cavs in general. I mean, I guess I'm a little bit wrong there. He did play 56 games, uh, so I want to correct myself. Last year, he didn't play as much. He only played 22 games because he did get hurt at the start of the year, but Kevin Love definitely kind of revived his value in the nba he averaged 17 and a half points this year 37 from 3 45 from the field showing that he's not a horrible defender he's still a really good rebounder as well and he could space the floor and if he wasn't making 30 mil a year or 28 mil a year and let's say he was making 20 mil a year or 18 mil a year kind of in that gallo range teams would be coughing up first round picks for kevin love it's just that he's making so much money and he's 31 years old that it's like ah Do you want to cough up a first for that contract and somebody on that age that hasn't shown to be that durable really ever in his career or since his rookie year? He's only played 75 plus games four times and he hasn't done it since 2015-16. So, I mean, it'll be unfair to say he didn't do it this year because the season did get cut short, but Kevin Love is going to come in at number 16 for me. Now, number 17 is a player you might be like, all right, maybe he should have been top 10, but you have him really low. This year was bad for him and that is Draymond Green. So, Draymond Green, I thought, was a borderline top 10 player throughout kind of that 3 four-year stretch from the warriors finals from 2014 15 15 16 16 17 and 17 18 he was just an amazing player on both sides of the ball he was a guy that can kind of be the lead ball handler for them when they needed him to be he was averaging seven assists for three years straight he was playing elite defense he what is a two-time defensive player of the award winner or at least one time yeah no just one time he was 2016 17 defense player of the year he came in the top three a couple times He was a versatile player, could shoot the three solid, like, he wasn't too bad, he wasn't kind of, like, a negative from there, but this year, it was bad. He wasn't as good on the defensive end, maybe he just wasn't trying, obviously, because the Warriors were just bad to begin with, and they were just destined to not be good this year, because uh, Steph got hurt in Game 3, Koi was obviously hurt, D.O. really didn't fit all that well, and the rest of the roster was, like, a G League team, so, it's like, all right, like, obviously... He wasn't going to really try as much as he was the previous seasons, and maybe you can give him a year off. I just would—I'll drop him a little bit, and I have him at 17. Going into this year, I probably had him top 10, so he has dropped a little bit from this year. Two more players in this tier, somebody that's also dropped from this tier that was borderline top 10, and I have him here at um, 18. He was mainly a center uh, the last couple years, but this year he's been playing as a power forward next to Joel Embiid, and that is— Al Horford. Al Horford, um, I'm going to have listed as a power forward because that's what he's been playing, and I think that's what he's kind of been viewed at for this year, and at least I think mainly in his career, I mean, he always played as the center alongside Paul Millsap, and he did play the center position in Boston, but this year, he is a power forward, and that's what he's going to be for the foreseeable future, as long as he's playing next to Joel Embiid, because they're not going to make Joel Embiid the four, Um, and and Horford is definitely taking a step back this year, I mean you know, he's still been what he's been on offense taking a little bit of a step back there, not as good as a three-point shooter as he was in Boston in his late Atlanta days, and just overall from the field, he hasn't been as efficient, it's definitely looking like he's taking a step back, I mean, he is 33 for crying out loud. I don't know what Elton Brand thought they were getting when they gave him 28 mil, 27 and a half, 27 and then 26 and a half, four year deal worth 109 million. I really didn't know what they thought they were going to get besides kind of what we got from this year. Maybe he was going to resemble a little bit from like his first couple years in Boston or maybe last year in Boston where he was really solid. Yes. But going to regress man he's 33 years old Look, kind of look at the same career marcus all is having it's not going to be the same you need him to do a lot of you're going to have to ask him to do a lot less than what he was doing in previous years so he's going to come in at 18 for me and then number 19 is a player that i really thought was going to make an all-star team this year and the system just sucked for him and he got hurt and that's why i in so marketing is going to come in at the end of tier four here at number 19, Curlow, 14.7 points a night, shot 34% from three, 43% from the field, 6.3 rebounds a night for someone that's seven foot. He was not good this year. I, I just don't think it's the system. I just don't think Boylan's system really works out well for Lowry Marketing. He needs to kind of space the floor, work well as a pick and roll guy, a pick and pop guy. He just really didn't do as much. It's kind of like, because uh, we saw a lot of Zach Levine and a lot of Kobe White in chicago this year and I, I just thought maybe it should have been a little bit more higher marketing and i honestly think he can be the best player on that team i honestly think if he really got the same amount of attempts or just the same amount of volume as zach Levine, he could be a better player and i honestly think he is a better player or he at least has better talent than zach because i think he can also be not an extreme negative on defense but we're gonna have to see that from him and he's gonna come in at 19 on my list so that is tier four player 12 was blake griffin or power forward 12 power forward 13 was aaron gordon 14 mantras harrell 15, Danilo Gallinari, 16, Kevin Love, 17, Dream on Green, 18, Al Horford, and 19, Larry Markkinen. So, tier 5 does have 11 players, 20 through 30. So, this is kind of the tier that was definitely the hardest to rank for me. It's just like, or just like putting guys in here because I had like 10 honorable mentions that we'll get to in a little bit. But, yeah so let's just get into this i guess so number 20 was pj tucker he's been pretty much a really good or a really solid three-point shooter for the rockets a really good defender you might want to classify him as a center now due to him kind of playing in that small ball rockets team but you know he's been consistent for the last couple years he's been really good on the defensive side of the ball An all defensive caliber player he's been a reliable three-point shooter he's coming in at number 20. number 21 namaja bielitsa he's been a really good offensive player for the sacramento kings also over the last couple years, he's getting a little bit up there in age. I believe he will be a free agent this summer. Yep. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he will be. And he's just a really good offensive player. He's good at scoring inside. He's a really good three-point shooter. He's just a good long-range shooter in general, and his offense alone, it's been consistent. He's going to come in at 21. Number 22 is Joyus Randall. Oh, do I really want to talk about Joyus Randall? I guess I have to. So Joyus Randall is good if he's taking like 10 shots tonight. Now Joyus Randall, if you watch the next season, had the highest usage taking the most shots this year he'll he wants to be draymond green or he wants to be lebron james he wants to be the point forward he dribbles into the paint spin move turnover spin move bad pass spin move wild shot miss Yeah, he scores, what, around 18 points a night, but look at the shot attempts. He's a good rebounder, yes. His defense stinks. He's not motivated on that end at all. If he maybe makes one defensive play, he will take the next six off. He doesn't try when he turns it over as well. He's not very good, and I wanted to put him a little bit lower. And maybe it's because of the role he's playing. Maybe if it was a better, kind of, a more disciplined system, he would be a lot higher, because maybe his role wouldn't be as expanded as it is with the Knicks. But it's also bad coaching with Mike Miller and David Fisdale that constantly let him be the number one, and he's just not good enough to be it. And it's hurting his stock, and I think it's hurting what people think as he is, or as him, as a player. So moving over to 23, Christian Wood, who's actually been playing pretty well at the end of the year this year when they traded Andre Drummond. They kind of moved forward with, oh, let's see what this kid can do. He's 24 years old. He's been cut twice this year, uh, I believe by Milwaukee and by the Pels, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on that, but he's been really good this year. He's been a good three-point shooter. He's been a good rebounder. He's just been a good overall offensive player. I don't know if his defense is going to be good, though. He didn't look great on that side of the ball, but... You know, if he's going to be what he's going to be in the offensive end, he could definitely be a number two center on a good team. He's going to come in at number twenty three. He'll get a nice payday. Number twenty four is Marvin Bagley the third. Marvin Bagley might have the most disappointing sophomore year we have seen, or just one of the more disappointing this uh, years this year in general. People thought, all right, he was taking over Luka Doncic. Let's see what he could do this year. He was also taking over Jared Jackson Jr., who I had ranked eighth. So back was coming at 24 he was the second overall pick in the 2018 draft he wasn't terrible last year but people didn't know if he was a five or a four he came in as the four this year because they got Dwayne Dedman they also signed Rashawn Holmes and he was hurt for most of the year it was flat out disappointing I think he's an incredibly talented offensive player in the NBA I don't know how well his defense is going to be it hasn't been good from what we've seen but we can't see him improve or just get better or just see what he is if he can't play he got hurt this year it sucks he started off the year with an injury came back got hurt again and it just sucks he's coming in at number 24 Number 25 is someone that's been pretty reliable for the last couple years, and that is Dario Sarge. I think he's definitely heading down on this list rather than up, but you know what? He's been a pretty solid playmaker. Not a great defender, but a smart basketball player, a solid offensive player, a good passer. He's coming in at 25. Number 26 is someone that's definitely rose in the top 30 for me, and that is Maxi Kleba of the Dallas Mavericks, who's turned into a nice three-point shooter for them, or just a kind of a nice guy that they could plug and play with. Uh, Luka Doncic, who's actually really good on the floor with Luka Doncic and kind of know his role and he plays into the system in Dallas and he does a good job there. And that's going to get you number 26 on my list. Number 27 is Thaddeus Young, who's definitely heading down this list. His time in Indiana definitely made him a top... 20 top 22 power forward in the nba but this year in chicago it really didn't look that good for him from him and maybe it just seemed he was disinterested playing in that team that had a lot of problems maybe some locker room issues and he just didn't want to be the leader but i know he's a good character he's going to come in at number 27 number 28 is somebody that i thought was going to have a really good year zach collins he got hurt unfortunately the dude is a really good defensive player he's a smart offensive player he knows his strengths he knows his weaknesses he's not going to shoot you out of games he's not going to take bad shots he's a good defender like i said he's a good post defender i like him on the perimeter guarding kind of maybe a little bit quicker wings but not too quick i, I wouldn't feel comfortable him guarding like a trey young or a bradley beal but you know what, if he's out there guarding like a harrison barnes I, i'm okay with that and then he's gonna come in at 28 and then 29 is rui Hachimura, who was a rookie this year for the washington wizards he definitely had his ups and downs maybe the downs are mainly part of his such high volume being his rookie maybe he wasn't ready for that but i think he's honestly better than some people think he is and i think he was a top 10 rookie this year and he was definitely worth a top 10 pick in the draft so far which is not looking like a great draft from 2019 and he's coming in at 29 and number 30 is somebody i probably had top 25 going into the year and that is jeremy grant he's still a good defender his offense just wasn't that good it's really looking like he wasn't worth the first round pick that denver gave up i'm sure they're going to try to want to bring him back he does have a player option that i'm sure he's going to opt out from and it was really hard to debate 28 through 30 or 29 and 30 Rui Hashimore and jeremy grant i subbed like them out for like five guys and i ultimately decided on 29 being Hashimura. 30 being Jeremy Grant. So I'll go through tier five. Once again, I know I went through that pretty quickly and then we'll get into the honorable mentions. So 20 was PJ Tucker, 21, the Maja Bialita, 22, Julius Randle, 23, Christian Wood, 24, Marvin Bagley III, 25, Dario Sarsh, 26, Maxi Kleba, 27, Thaddeus Young, 28, Zach Collins, 29, Rui Hashimura, and 30, Jeremy Grant. So, let's get into, like, my 100 honorable mentions. So, I have actually 10 honorable mentions that I'd be perfectly okay if you threw into tier 5. They're all good in their own right, and I think they definitely deserve some love. So... Uh, one of them is P.J. Washington of the Charlotte Hornets. Then we got Chris Boucher of the Toronto Raptors. Carmelo Anthony of the Portland Trailblazers. Nicola Melli of the New Orleans Pelicans. Ersan Eliasova of the Milwaukee Bucks. Larry Dan shooter of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Kelly Olynyk of the Miami Heat. Eric Presco of the Golden State Warriors. Bobby Portis uh, of the New York Knicks. But I-, I just wanted to just mention his name. And then Markeith Morris of the LA Lakers. So that is going to wrap out my top 30 power forwards in the NBA. If you are on YouTube or you're listening on YouTube, you can let let me know with a comment below what you agreed with what you disagreed with i know you guys will definitely have some disagreements and then on apple pod if you can just a rating leave a rating or drop a review i could really appreciate that and just hit that uh, follow button if you're on spotify so thank you all for listening i really appreciate it like always next week will be my top 30 centers in the nba and i'll see you guys then peace